and welcome to this episode of Sports Communities Doing Sport Differently podcast series. I'm your host, Steve Pallas, founder and CEO of Sports Community, and today I'm really excited to share my discussion with Felicity and Josh from Leisure Networks. This episode is a little bit different insofar as Leisure Networks aren't a sports club, they're not a peak sports body. They're a not-for-profit organisation based in Geelong, in regional Victoria, who are committed to pursuing their vision of creating capable, healthy people and inclusive communities. So this is another great example of people that are able and available in our community to help sports clubs and their volunteers. Because so often volunteers feel like they're alone running their sports clubs, but there are actually a lot of people and organisations such as Leisure Networks your local council, your local sports association, your peak sports bodies, who may be able to help and support your club's success. The Power to Pedal is a bike program for kids and teens with autism. The program offers participants the opportunity to learn how to ride a bike in a fun, inclusive, welcoming, safe environment that builds the confidence of the participants and equally as important, allows them to make new friends. Leisure Network's Power to Pedal initiative is a perfect example of a program being developed to overcome specific barriers to sports participation to groups of people that are not currently participating in the way that they would like to. So before I get into the interview, I'd just like to say thank you so much to Vic Health. It's through our wonderful partnership that we, we have the opportunity every week to share the stories and successes of sports clubs and organisations all around Victoria, all around Australia, who are doing sport differently. Each episode, we celebrate a club or an organisation who has applied the doing sport differently principles with amazing results. And today is no exception. Josh and Felicity share their experience in designing and delivering this innovative program, the importance of understanding and working with those you are seeking to support and to truly understand how to create a great experience for new participants is something that we will learn throughout this set, throughout this discussion. As normal, I'll share my key takeaways after the interview, but let's get straight into this interview with the Leisure Networks team and Felicity and Josh. Good morning. Now, yeah, good morning. Now, you've been up and at it for a very long time, so we really appreciate your time, Josh. So, uh, first of all, do you want to just give us a little bit of a snapshot about what what's Leisure Networks? Who is Leisure Networks? Because you're not a club, per se. Right, Josh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Leisure Networks is a not-for-profit in Geelong, um, engaging um, young people and all people of all ages into the community. They're really looking to, um, yeah, provide um, sport and recreation programs, um, assist people um, living with disabilities or doing it rough um, with their um, money and their, all, all different parts of their life. So, yeah, just looking to be a helping hand in the Geelong community and further community. Yeah, Be broad, yeah broader. So yeah. It, it does a wonderful job in, in that broader Geelong community. So 
the pedal to power program, Felicity, what is it? And and what who are you targeting to to really create inclusion and, and participation opportunities? Yeah, so um we have kids of all ages um, and all skill level. Um, and we run a program, we have two sessions, um, one night a week. Um, Josh works with um, probably the older kids more and I um, work with the, the younger um, beginner level where they're um, more or less learning just to um, balance on a bike. So it's just building those skills of um, establishing balance before moving into um, pedaling and yeah, getting around a bit more. So, so is, it predominantly, <laughs> is it predominantly for kids with autism? Is is the, this program is targeted um, adding, at creating opportunities for participation? Yes. Yes. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So what I guess the first question, and I'll get rid of the banner because it's kind of um why why did you think there was a need in the community to to induce a program of this type? Well, uh, I believe there was a survey that went out, and um, um, families with um, yeah children living with autism really wanted um, something for their children to improve their um, ability to get out into the community and um, socialise with people and a way to um, have some physical activity. So Legend Networks saw the survey and responded to it and um, set up this program and reached out, got the um, advertisements out there and yeah, gathered in a few people and created created power to pedal. Yeah. So what are the what are the challenges of, of the, that someone living with autism might might uh, experience that might stop them from from uh, joining clubs or going through the normal in this case learning to to ride a bike like what what is it that 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 was stopping them from those those what we would call life skills i guess um specifically in a bike ed program at school or things or like people with autism are just like everyone else in the class but might take a little bit more patience or a bit they might be a bit fearful to join a bike program that might just be ahead of their their um, skill level, and yeah. they might feel a bit um, lost lost in the in the crowd. Or so creating this program um, with the welcoming space for them if they to go at their own pace and to go um, sit down and relax and um, listen to some music if they wanted to, or um, yeah create this program for every person at their at each level. And throughout the program, we discovered that um teaching a bike program really it's not a class that you can have one on ten you can't you can't do that you you really it needs to be a bit more one-on-one -on -one. so that's just riding a bike and especially when someone's nearly falling over you got to have someone there to, to catch them so yeah it's not just josh and i so even when we split into two groups um there's more than one of us working in each group because it gives the the kids the opportunity to have that one-on-one -on -one that you're talking about they definitely need support and encouragement and that consistency in um, the people that are there to, to support them mm. yeah. so a lot of the time the programs are developed by peak sporting bodies and and then delivered by clubs but this is not the case with leisure networks so did, did Leisure Networks create the power to pedal or, or was it um, Cycling Victoria, Cycling Australia and you, you've just implemented the program? And and I guess just 
and extending that out, Felicity, uh, how did you did you in, involve the sport in this? So the local cycling clubs or Cycling Victoria, as you were designing and rolling out. Yeah, so Cycling Victoria um, have played a big part in this. Uh, both Josh and I have had to complete our um, cycling coaching um, levels to obviously coach these kids. Um, and they've been a huge support in um, offering us, um, I guess, different activities and, um, yeah, things that we can do with the kids once their skills develop. And, yeah, Josh is really good, actually really good at the uh, the games and the different activities that you can include once their skill level um improves so for me i'm I've, I've been still at that quite basic level and just encouraging um routine and um consistency in what we're doing whereas josh has got some good activities that he does with them because <laughs> they're a little bit more a little bit more developed in their in their skills and and i, I guess importantly as well their confidence yeah absolutely yeah <laughs> Yeah, confidence, building confidence seems to be a really big theme coming out of doing Sport Wednesdays. And so when – and I'll talk about – I'll ask about both the parents and the children. So what what are they feeling like? Like are they excited when the, the program? Are they scared? Are they worried? Are they anxious? Like um, – and again, I just – I've got a – a eight and seven year old so vividly remember teaching both my kids and I couldn't couldn't possibly imagine doing two at once but uh yeah what 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 are they feeling like when they're coming to the program for the first time all of the above <laughs> all those all those things you, you mentioned it's quite a roller coaster because some of them are super excited to be there um and then there's also that anxious you know that anxiety that they do have so I think uh, key to it is is working out each child, working out individually what their personalities are like, and catering for their needs. Do you find that, Josh? Yeah. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. So incredibly different, and it's really important that um, we build that relationship with each of them so that they know we're there for them. And so the parents, Josh, when they they come for the first time, how are they actually feeling? Are they yeah, how are they feeling? Well, yeah, um, I remember some some parents are a little bit worried, and in for yeah. the kids' sake, they're worried about um, will will my um, son or daughter enjoy this? Or so there's a little bit of anxiety with them as well, but they they do their best, and um, along with us at Leisure Networks, we welcome them in and give them a big smile and before COVID a high five, um, and yeah. So the families, yeah, depending on all, all their personality types as well, they they try to be relaxed and just yeah, bring their um, child along and say it's all gonna be it's all gonna be okay and yeah, yeah. So I think the highlight for some of the sorry, the, the highlight for some of those parents is actually seeing the skills develop throughout the weeks. Um, and you know, I just know with the kids that I look after, um, you know, it might take two, three, four weeks before they actually start peddling and getting that that um, skill in place. And yeah, seeing the smiles on the kids' faces and the parents, that's so rewarding. So when you were, oh, oh, yeah, I can, it's no different for any parent, is it, as as the, the, the child's develop and they develop at their own pace and their own and own style. And that seems to be the what the program is, is creating a really safe place for the kids to develop 
in the way that they need to as a way rather than you know the cookie cutter approach so so when you launched the program how did you kind of launch it into the community and what was the response from the community yeah i believe it went on all the um social media and a really big thing that we wanted to um do when um promoting the program was get familiar faces uh, on the on the videos and show the the location of the facilities that we were going to be using so that the fair the families and the children who are going to join saw it and they knew what it was going to be like so that would relieve the anxiety on the first day of coming along um yeah yeah that's a that's a really <clears throat> excuse me a really important point isn't it that i guess coming through this doing doing sport differently and i i come from a background where for as long as i can remember i walked into sports clubs and i do it for a job and but we're now understanding that 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 period from driving into the car park or even getting into your car to drive to the venue for the first time or the second time is a period of high anxiety and and making it as familiar as possible so those the the faces that you're going to see um at the venue you're going to be at in putting them in little videos whether they're handheld welcome etc that you actually can't under, overstate the importance of doing those steps can you for the for the anxiety level that that the parents might be feeling or the or the kids yeah absolutely and just knowing that the space that they're going to be riding will be um not some sort of massive hill that they'll, they'll fall off on but to know it was a big if a grassy area if they wanted or a, a nice concrete car park yeah so where did you run the programs and and so let's get to the project program logistics it's a six-week program for what was it a, an hour a, a kind of session it, it, how did you run that program and how many kids oh, it was run at um yeah at the facilities that um geelong cycling club at their club rooms and they had um, bikes and equipment there for us to be able to use so one thing that um, we did have to establish at the beginning was um, the equipment so not every child had their own bikes or had their own um, equipment to bring along so that was a process having to set up bikes to fit the kids making sure the seat heights were correct making sure all the equipment was um, suitable for each child and then once that was um, established um, they were given a set bike so that each week they turned up, they knew that was their bike and it was their responsibility. Um, so the bikes would be lined up, ready for them when they arrived and it would be their responsibility to return them at the end. So it was just keeping a routine in place yep. um, and arriving, signing in, um, yeah, having a name tag. So we all knew each other. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> Josh, you might want to elaborate. And yeah. what sort of numbers did you get through the through the the program? As homeschooling um, takes over, takes Felicity's time for just a moment. <laughs> yeah, what a lovely time of home learning. Um, we yeah. the first, so over the first, um, it was term four so last year. We had some good numbers of varying age group. So first first week, we did not know what to expect. We didn't know what age groups or what. Um, skill level or how to group them up so yeah we were we would get 10 per group so we got 30 people on the, the first couple of weeks and wow. decided to yeah try and split them up in skill level rather than age level and yep. work yep. from there from there on yeah yeah fantastic fantastic so what were the 
What were the the challenges, I guess, and uh, you talked briefly, Felicity, about the highlights, which is the development, the, the joy, but what were some of the challenges pulling it together? Was it obviously equipment when you're first starting would be a logistical one? That that was, and that actually took um, took us a while, didn't it, each week just to establish. And even then we still had to swap bikes around and make sure we really had um, equipment that suited each child because also they they gravitated towards certain bikes that they liked as well, which might not have necessarily been the most suitable bike for them. So, yeah, yeah that was a little bit of a process. So, um, if they didn't have bikes, where did you, where did you source? Was it solely the cycling club that was able to source them, or or did you have to go to the community for donations, or how did you get the bikes? Geelong Cycling Club, yeah. A couple of us, I myself brought my bike for the taller kids. The um, Geelong Cycling Club didn't have um, bikes for that, for the taller people. So Michael from Leisure Networks and myself brought a, a bike along and gave them to the, the taller tall students who needed them. But yeah. mostly always from the lovely Geelong Cycling Club. Yeah. So Felicity, we talk about the the um, the younger kids. What what were some of the challenges that that you kind of experienced? I mean, challenges um, in that probably, was unexpected that you had to change yeah. along the way. Um, what 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 we could probably uh, include is um, balance bikes. So because they yeah. don't have they're little and um, they can't necessarily um, pedal. They don't have those skills. I, I balance bikes are amazing. I absolutely mm. love them kids um they learn using the balance bikes really young and just establishing that balance um is key and you know so we worked with the equipment we had um and they did they did you know they built those skills but um yeah i think if, if we had balance bikes that would that would help the the younger kids to get their confidence up but yeah. um the techniques and things we put in place with what we had um i mean they were amazing it didn't take them long just to work when you work one on one with them and they they build that trust with you it 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 works it falls into place and yeah it's so exciting yeah what we really noticed after um, the first bit was you couldn't do uh, instruct all of them my i myself couldn't tell 10 kids do this it, you really it was really beneficial when we saw um, when you got next to them and you showed them where to put their hands how to break just like the very specific one-on-one um, um, way, to, way to coach them. That, that really showed us that it wasn't a good way to coach if we were going to just tell them all how to do it all at once. Yeah. So that then leads into the, the mm-hmm. you said it wasn't just one-on-one with a group, or sorry, one to a group of 10. There was, there was a team of you. So if, if you were running kind of groups of 10, how many of you and would, would be in that group? Um, uh, Josh, or is it different, um, different ages? The older group, I could lead more people because yes. it was more of an activity. Um, but definitely, most of the attention from the leaders, um, I recall, um, went back um, to the younger to facilities group. Yeah, um, you'd have um, you probably like I would have two children to myself that I would concentrate on, um, yep. and yeah, so. Potentially there were three of us with the kids that we were looking after. So, yeah. so 
where did you recruit those facilitators from and and what sort of training did you need to provide them to ensure that they had the knowledge and skills to work with 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 these kids that were just just learning cycling yeah we got the instructor um bike bike course by um vic cycling so or was it Stra yeah cycling australia and yeah. We then got all the good information that we've used and just coached them a bit before before sessions in a bit of a briefing and really taught them what worked, what how to how to hold them in a like grabbing the back of their shirt um, or just holding the handlebars safely and yeah what what they liked and what they didn't like and yeah just little tips and tricks. Yeah, just it just comes from that the experience of working with with the kids and uh, a bit remiss of me not to welcome everybody that's been watching on the live stream uh, throughout the session. And so Brooke, uh, she says, great to see Flick and Josh. I'm assuming uh, Flick, that's uh, Felicity, that's your good yes. self. And and Marion Butler says, hello, Felicity and Josh. I have a lovely small woman's racing bike. Could you use it? So. Um, oh, wow. That's so nice. Uh, so, so Marion, I'd suggest uh, just the easiest way would just be, I'm linking in with Leisure Networks off the contact details off the website. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's um fantastic, Marion. And and I must admit, Marion, as 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 you were talking about the need for more bikes, it it was going through my mind that this would just be a wonderful call out for to the community. Anyone want to support um, by donating? bikes and i'm visually vividly imagining my garage with as the kids have grown older the bikes kind of just get bigger and but they kind of stay there um so, uh, <laughs> yeah. lots of garages that would be looking for a home for bikes like that around geelong so what's your plan for the program um coming post COVID and out of lockdown is it to, to run it again yeah i believe yeah. it'll be um, yeah term one it'll be back up and running so yeah, yeah, it'll be fantastic. Oh, Definitely that's... looking at yeah new ways to do it, and whether there's new locations that we add in or continue at Geelong Cycling Club. But yeah, look forward to it. Fantastic, and and I guess personally, you 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 both obviously really enjoyed being part of the program. Like you can, it's just obvious watching watching that you 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 as facilitators got a lot out of it. Mm. Absolutely, um, I, I come from a family of cyclists and uh, you can't you can't beat the freedom of getting on a bike and getting out in the fresh air so yeah like the, I know what it feels like when I ride that feeling of being out in the open air and it's so great seeing these kids get pedaling and getting out there and getting active mm. and just before COVID as well so that they have a new thing we have so many good stories of kids learning to ride and then that just being a, a freedom and a freedom for them and the families can go all riding together and my new mode of transportation and just a bit of physical activity so yeah it was awesome well i'll just go to, just to finish off and I'll, I'll i'll i've got two questions the the last one and i'll uh, i'll give you a little bit of thinking time is kind of if, if other organizations are, are going to look to to introduce programs similar for kids the um, living with autism then what would be your tips but before i ask you that um it was there one kid for each of you that you just their journey was just really cool and it gave you a lot of pleasure a lot of joy that uh that 
that came out of the program for each of you? Was that was there that one kid, or was it just generally in the program? Felicity, I'll go to you first. As oh, a... um, generally, oh, look, I think they're all amazing. I, I've loved working with all of them. Um, there's definitely always a couple that stand out and you really watch. Just, I just love seeing their little faces light up when they when they achieve something and you can see they've, you can see it click. You can see them go, oh, my gosh, I've got this. And um, because we're at the Geelong Cycling um, Club, there's a, there's a whole big circuit. So the highlight is seeing them actually start pedaling around that entire circuit and they're just so happy. Yeah, it's yeah. Smart. Yeah. The parents would be over the moon oh, proud. Oh, they're so well. happy. Yeah, you can see the smiles on their faces. Yeah, yeah. definitely. What about yeah. you, John? Did you have a, one, one, one kid that kind of captured your, your kind of attention or your, your heart, for want of better terminology? Yeah, one young bloke, Darcy, he couldn't ride at the beginning. There was a few that just could not could not get the pedals working. But by the end, like Flick said, we were doing I was doing laps with him around and it was extremely windy, but I was I was struggling to keep up with him because he was going so fast and we were just going all the way around. At the end of the session he just didn't want to go home. But um his I think his parents would let him just keep keep doing some laps on his own until they, they needed to go home for dinner. So yeah, it was rewarding to see that and to know that Darcy now has that um, release and just if he's bought at home during the COVID um, lockdown, he can go do that now. So, yeah. And yeah. it's great they can go and do with their parents, you know, something you can do as a family. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, and Josh, I'll go to you first. If, if there's um, what, what would be the tips that you would have specific, and let's talk specifically about creating creating participation opportunities for kids with autism rather than a cycling program. But if, what would be the tips that you've learned along the way that you would kind of say, hey, make sure you remember this if you're setting up your program? Yeah, definitely. I, I utilised the Cycling Victoria website and the games that they have. So depending on what level, definitely patience with riding a bike. Um, let them if they're if they've been riding for 20 minutes and they're just getting a bit frustrated just let them let them go at their pace but yeah. a little nudge is always good um yeah just commit to it commit to it um have patience and yeah read up on all the the tips um from cycling victoria and cycling australia's websites on how to on little games and things like that yeah People are often just amazed at how many, how much, or how many resources that the peak bodies, in this case, Cycling Victoria, Cycling Australia, um, even Bicycle Bicycle Victoria, I think, has got lots of resources as well. There's just huge amounts of resources, programs, activities that are there. You don't have to reinvent the wheel in this case. What about what about you, Felicity? What did what what would be your your words of wisdom to those that we, we want to follow? We want to be creating um, more and more participation opportunities. Yeah, um, these kids are amazing, and I think the one key thing that um, I've learned is um, you really need to keep your instructions simple. So one one task, one thing at a time, yeah. um, so yeah. that they can build those skills and confidence, and um, repeating and having consistency with what you do. So routine to each week, uh, going through the same tasks, um, and yeah, just building confidence and and really getting to know each child. And what they like, and what what's going to build their confidence. 
So they're all different um, and they've all got their own little quirks. Some people, you know, like being rewarded with a sticker and some people absolutely hate stickers. So it's, it's, it's just working out what that child likes and, yeah, making it enjoyable for them. Josh, I know you've you've carved out some time in in your really busy work day, fitting us into your breaks and and Felicity. Thank you so much for uh, yeah, I'm homeschooling. Just, uh, <laughs> just, uh, taking a break from homeschooling for a while that uh, and, uh, and and sharing your story with us at Sports Community. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, there you have it. That's the story behind Leisure Network's Power to Pedal initiative and what a cool and inspiring story it is. Josh mentioned how Power to Pedal was created as a direct response to a survey circulated by Cycling Cycling Victoria in which families expressed their desire for their children to have more opportunities to learn how to ride, get out into the community, socialise with people and be physically active. Leisure Networks listened to that feedback and co-designed a brilliant program to help overcome the specific barriers of children and teens living with autism. The first principle of the Doing Sport Differently framework is to engage with the group throughout the design process that you're seeking to include in participation, to look for barriers and look for why they want to participate. And that's exactly what Leisure Networks did with fantastic results. Crucial step for the Leisure Networks team was talking to the parents and connecting with families that had children and teens with autism to truly understand what their needs were and how to overcome the barriers. By doing this, they collected vital information such as the need for consistency, the importance of creating a safe environment, recommendations about safety, location, and having a sensory space. As Josh mentioned, a place just to chill out and listen to the music, take a break from the activity in which we're looking to encourage. From top to bottom, the program was designed with the needs and wants of the participants in at the forefront. In this case, kids and teens with autism. If you want to set up a new pro participation opportunities at your club, one of the most important things you can do is talk to those participants. In recent years, Vic Health has been helping sports clubs keep pace with current trends by building more and welcoming and flexible approaches to sports participation. And so as we highlight in each of the podcasts, these new approaches may include introducing new social sport participation formats that make sport fun, social, local. Create new introductory programs to connect someone to a sport for the first time no matter what their age, no matter what their skill. New programs specifically designed for population groups that are, not un, that are not currently represented or underrepresented in sport. As we say often in these podcasts, just because a group of people isn't currently participating absolutely does not mean they don't want to. So if we consider the second principle of the Doing Sport Differently framework, think about participants and consider their total experience, we can see again why the Power to Pedal program was just so successful. The key message, look through the eyes of potential, potential participants and how, how are they feeling? 
what they want, what they need to feel more welcome and comfortable at your club. Remember, for those not currently involved in clubs, joining a club or a program can actually be quite scary, can be quite daunting. So the participant needs to see themselves fitting in at your club in all of the information, the marketing that they get beforehand. For power to pedal, Josh recorded videos of himself on site showing participants where the bike riding lessons were going to take place. And they put them on Facebook and shared them. A simple step, but this simple step helped reduce the fears and anxiety as new participants and made sure they had a really positive experience even before they had their first session. All right, well, that's it for today. So if you're contemplating contemplating introducing a new program or participation option for your club, I hope you found today's discussion valuable and insightful. I certainly did. So if you'd like to hear other great examples about how clubs are attracting new people, then I invite you to go back and listen to past episodes of the Doing Sport Differently podcast. Subscribe and then listen to each of the podcasts as they come out each week. As I say, each week, thank you so much to the sports community members. It's only with your help that we're able to create such great resources and support for community sports club volunteers. So if you're a volunteer, you know a volunteer, then go to the website, refer them to the website, our website, sportscommunity.com.au, and see nearly a 1,000 pages of resources that are there just simply to help community sports club volunteers. So if you love the resources, if you love what we do, if you need the help, if you need the support, or you just want us, just want to help us help and support others, then we'd love for you to become a sports community volunteer. So then just go to the website, sportscommunity.com.au, follow the, the membership tabs, and that would be fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. So until next time, I'm Steve Palace. Thank you so much for being part of our sports community.